Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I talk about how a lead rope is nothing like a leash, and in fact is my favorite communication tool. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Hi everyone, this is Lynn Reardon, the host of the podcast and head coach at Horsewise. Today I'd like to talk to you about something that seems really simple and obvious, but is a huge passion of mine and a big part of the work I do at Horsewise every day with people all over the United States. And it has to do with that very simple piece of equipment known as a lead rope. And in many ways, people often look at that as a tool so basic and simple, they don't even really think of it as a tool. It's simply a rope that you attach to the halter and you use that to take the horse between two places, from its paddock to the barn, from the stall to the tack-up area, from its pasture to the trailer, from the trailer to the vet or to the show. It is something that literally connects you and the horse. And based on a lot of the work I've done with clients over the years, I often see this as one of the key issues to hone in on when I am diagnosing, you know, what might be a longstanding pattern between that horse and rider that can be addressed, how to address that quickly and how to diagnose it quickly so that it can be resolved quickly, which is sort of my whole goal as a coach. So I think that most people look at the lead rope in a similar way to how we look at a leash for a dog. So when you go to walk your dog, you clip on the leash and off you go. And you, as the person on the other end of the leash, you aren't particularly looking for a nuance of communication between you and your dog. The dog might run up a little bit ahead. You make sure it doesn't run so far ahead that you that it goes into the street or that you can't control the dog. So you might have a retractable leash. And when the dog's getting a little too close to the street, you kind of you know push the button and, and the dog can't pull any more of the the leash, the leash extension out. Or if you have a more traditional leash, just a, you know, one length leash, you in a sense are the one that has to become the shortener or the extender of the leash, either by stopping your feet and planting them so the dog can't go further and take the leash further, or by running alongside your dog, trying to keep up with them so that they never feel the pressure. In both cases, what's going on is that for the most part, the dog is in charge of the tempo of the walk. So you are kind of either keeping up with your dog or simply preventing it from getting into disaster, you know, like sort of running into a busy street or approaching a dog that isn't friendly or one of the myriad sort of minor catastrophes that could take place on walking your dog expedition day if you weren't paying attention. But there's really not a lot more than that going on, right? You aren't using subtle cues with the leash to tell your dog to do tricks or to ask him to sit or stay or do commands. You are basically just using it to pull on your dog or to maybe let your dog run a little ahead of you and you keep up. So that's kind of the main purpose of a leash. You also see sometimes children on leashes. That's kind of a little more of an old-fashioned approach now. But there used to be, it used to be more prevalent to see kids in kind of harnesses with their parents holding on to them, usually toddlers. And that was also the same kind of scenario. Most of the time it was used for restraint, like don't get too far away from me or don't get into trouble. And that, again, very similar to the dog leash kind of scenario. 
if you use your lead rope with your horse in the same way that you would with your dog and your leash, what can happen is that the horse essentially takes over the entire process of the leading. So you're either pulling your horse back, your horse is pushing ahead of you, or your horse is dragging behind you and you're kind of tugging him along to keep up with you, or the horse is super distracted by something like an incredibly appetizing clump of grass on the side of the path, or something is frightening them. They're so distracted by fear, they don't really have any sense of looking to you to help them with that. They're just sort of tense and alert and maybe even kind of dancing around on the end of the lead rope. What's fascinating about approaching your halter and lead rope as if it's a leash and dog collar is that it almost always will bring up right away every problem or the the root of every problem that you're having under saddle. Whatever dynamics come up when you are leading your horse are the exact same dynamics that come up when you are riding your horse. The two activities mirror each other with the leading actually being the more critical thing to address. In other words, if you solve any leading issues that you're having with your horse, you're much more likely to see greater progress in addressing those issues under saddle as well. If you're correcting only from the saddle, but you don't do anything with the leading, it won't hold as well because the leading is actually kind of the core of the relationship between you and your horse. One of the most basic dynamics between a horse and a rider is who moves whose feet. In the wild, out in the horse herds of the, you know, great steps or whatever, the leadership of the herd is determined by what horse moves the other horse's feet, whether it's the boss mare telling everybody where to go in case of danger or the stallion leading them somewhere. Although usually it's the boss mare that's leading them somewhere and the stallion's kind of kind of off there on the periphery somewhere looking for you know someone to mate or someone to fight with, which isn't always so great for leadership ultimately. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, so moving whose feet is really key for the leadership. Doesn't mean you're having to be a boss or hyper-dominant, but it is just a very basic instinctual element in horses' relationships about who they perceive to be someone they can trust, who they can perceive to be someone who will be able to lead them safely into the right places. And so if your horse is dragging on your lead rope or yanking ahead on the lead rope, that pretty much says that the horse is moving your feet and not vice versa, which means that in times of duress, that horse is much less likely to look to you for help or leadership. They're going to pretty much think they're on their own and they're going to go ahead and put their own ideas into place. Most of which aren't the best ideas, just so you know, because we as the human partner in the team, we have a lot more kind of frontal lobe development. We have higher powers of reason. Ideally, we're really the best ones to make those decisions. So that means we need to step up, so to speak, and learn how to safely and appropriately move that horse's feet, even in something as basic as leading them up the driveway. There is also a tremendous amount of nuance in the lead rope halter horse-human connection. So as opposed to a leash where you don't really use that to communicate much with a dog, at least not on a subtle level, a lead rope and halter can be an incredibly nuanced tool. So you can 
teach your horse while you're leading to always match your pace, for example, whether you're walking briskly along or if you change suddenly to a very slow meandering step, that your horse is able to stay with you. If you stop, the horse will stop with you, not five steps past when you stop or four feet before you decided to stop. So that's very important. Can your horse back up with you? If you're walking along and you stop and then you back up, will your horse back up or will he simply stare at you as you walk past his shoulder going backwards with his feet planted? These are all things that under saddle you would want to do with sort of a smooth rhythm with a good sort of connection between you and your horse. It's a very, very a practical communication tool, but you can do a lot with it. You can, as you're walking along, you can ask each front foot to swing out into a little arc. You can do serpentines. You can do many things that translate to quite sophisticated maneuvers under saddle. And again, it goes back to this sort of core partnership element, the halter and the lead rope, the leading dynamic, even how you catch a horse and release a horse when you're finished with them. These are all things that go to the core of how you are partnering with your horse or how your horse is partnering with you. Now, this may sound a little bit ridiculous to some people like, geez, how can leading my horse be any kind of, you know, true indicator of anything? I'm just trying to get him to the, to the tack room. I'm just trying to get him saddled up. Well, as usual, I have a great story to share with you that really illustrates this principle. So several years ago, I got a call from a professional trainer. I know, very good trainer. She does a lot of work in eventing and also is very skillful at dressage and very you know, meticulous trainer, someone who is a good person, not somebody who doesn't know their craft or their industry, really likes horses. Horses usually really like her. And she called me because she had a young thoroughbred off the track that was, as she put it, she's becoming dangerous. I try to lunge him and he starts to rear. And she said, I just don't know if he's really going to be appropriate and I'm just not sure what to do. And she made a comment also that she felt like a little threatened, like she felt like physically a little threatened and wanted to really address this quickly, or she was going to simply move the horse along. So I had never met this horse. He was a young thoroughbred. He'd had very few races. I want to say he was maybe about three years old and he'd had a handful of races, two, maybe three, maybe four. So he had retired young and sound, which is always nice when that happens. And he hadn't been particularly talented at racing, which is also kind of a nice thing if you're looking to retrain a horse off the track, particularly for maybe an upper level performance prospect. So I went out to observe. I said, this is what I'd like to do. I'm going to come out and I'm going to watch you tack up the horse, take the horse to the arena and begin your lunging process. And she's like, okay, great. And I brought two things with me. I brought a rope halter with a lead rope attached, tied to it. And I also brought a flag, a training flag with me. And those were my only bit of equipment. So I walk out to the barn where she is and she has the horse in the cross ties and he's doing quite well. He's standing there. She saddled him in front of me. He saddled well, didn't seem particularly tense or in any way agitated. And the barn was a pretty solid distance away from the covered arena. I would say it was probably maybe about a third of a mile. I mean, it was down a big driveway. It was very, you know, easy traveling, but it wasn't that the arena was just a few short steps away from the barn. 
It was a windy day and they begin walking down the driveway together. And as we're walking, the three of us, you know, the trainer, the horse and me, the trainer began to tell me more details about what was going on with the horse. You know, the details of when, how she would ask him to lunge. This is the sequence of what would happen from her perspective and the rearing. And, and again, kind of focused on her concerns about the horse. Well, as we're walking along in this windy day, I noticed that the young horse is creeping closer and closer to her. In fact, he's getting pretty much like on top of her. And she was a very athletic trainer, you know, very, um, sophisticated, again, in her training methods. She was a little bit of a petite person, but she was not um, in any way a small presence, if that makes sense. But he was kind of crowding her. He was being playful. I think in his mind, he was sort of dancing around. It was windy. It was kind of fun. And as I'm watching, I'm not saying anything. I'm just watching and listening to her kind of lay out all of the theories she had about what the problem was. This horse is at one point almost almost dancing on top of her. And she's continuing to kind of walk along and not really address that. Finally, when it was getting, I think even for her perspective, a little ridiculous, at this point, the horse was kind of levitating, you know, about two inches from her shoulder, his head kind of ahead, way ahead of her, his body skittering to the side. She stopped and she, she had a very tight hold on the lead rope, I would say. It was probably, she maybe had maybe four or five, six inches between the clip on the lead rope and her hand. She stopped and she pulled down very firmly on the lead rope and she said, settle, settle. Again, kind of like what you might say to a dog. And the young horse just kind of looked at her a little bit baffled and completely, I would say... Uh, unimpressed with that statement. And then she would walk on and then he would begin dancing again. Uh, he almost danced around her in a circle at one point as we approached the arena. She stopped a couple more times, you know, pulling hard on the lead rope, pulling it down to the ground and saying, settle, enough, settle. And he would kind of look at her again, you know, clearly just not making an impression at all. And, and he would stop for a second and she would walk on and the whole pattern would continue. So we get to the arena and she puts on the, you know, lunging equipment, uh, you know, by that, I just mean she, she'd already had a bridle on under the halter and lead rope and she removed the halter. She clipped the, the end of the lunge line to the bit, which is not actually one of my favorite ways to do that. I prefer actually to use just a halter for that if, if I'm going to lunge traditionally, which is something I don't do that often. And anyway, she was getting ready to do all of that. And so she puts him on the lunge line and she has her, you know, her little whip and everything. And uh, she asks him to go. And of course, when she asks him to go to begin the circle to lunge around her, he's pretty much on top of her. That's predictable, right? That's where he's been the entire walk to the arena. And he's in a playful mode, just as he's been for the entire walk up to the arena. And she asks him to go and he kind of playfully sidesteps a little bit when she's like, no, I really want you to go out. And she gets firmer. He kind of half-heartedly, you know, trots for a couple steps and then he turns, stops, kind of lifts his front feet off the ground, maybe four or five inches from what I could see. And, and is completely uninterested in this lunging project that she has presented to him. Now, as I'm watching this, I'm noting his expression and he is not afraid. He is not what I would say is in an aggressive or defensive frame of mind. 
He's simply a young teenage boy having a great time with this game that uh, he, he thinks is just the best thing ever, even if his trainer is not particularly interested in playing the same game that he is. At this point, the trainer kind of throws up her hands and looks at me and goes, see, do you see how dangerous this is? He's rearing. And uh, I have worked with a fair amount of X-race horses. I would think that's fair to say. And uh, to me, while that was definitely behavior showing that he did not really think that she should move his feet anywhere, it did not seem to me to be threatening. Not that you would ever want to encourage front feet coming off the ground, you know, unless you're doing some very specific Spanish riding school dressage move, but it did not seem to me to be the way she thought it was. And again, from her perspective, this was a very aggressive, threatening action. Whereas to me, it was, you know, a teenage boy who needed a little, a little more encouragement that was firm. So at that stage, what I did was I took my trusty, you know, rope halter with the tied on lead rope and also grabbed the flag. And I told her that I was going to work with him. We put him into a little round pen that she had also set up at the end of the arena. And I put on the rope halter, I removed the bridle and all of the um, lunge line apparatus. And I just put the halter and lead rope on him. And uh, I proceeded to lead him around the round pen a little bit. And, and he went with me willingly enough. He didn't try to, you know, do too much with my space at first, because I think he recognized that I was, I had somewhat a different tone to my whole uh, walking project than she had had. Again, not to disparage her. It's just that I've been very experienced with this kind of work on the end of a, of a lead rope, so to speak. So I knew what to look for right away. And he felt that, you know, you know, like when, when the substitute teacher goes away and the real teacher is back, you know how the kids all suddenly start behaving again. Like he knew I was the real teacher, so to speak. But even so, he still had to try, right? He's a teenage boy. So at one point, he starts to really crowd my space. And I kind of wiggled the lead rope a little bit, like wiggled it back. That would be what we call a good deal. That would mean like, hey, I'm offering you a very, you know, gentle but clear signal that I would like you to not come into my space. And of course, he blew right past that because, you know, he he was not going to take that good deal. And then there was the bad deal. And with that, I very firmly took the lead rope and I flicked it back kind of against him, not, not to hit him, but just to be very clear that this was a boundary he could not pass. And it's a very quick sort of emphatic movement. One, two, three, go back right now. Again, not hitting him with the lead rope. It's just more of a presence that you have on the end of that lead rope with your hand and a clarity, you understand what you want. And he immediately was like, oh, okay. So you're, you really, you really mean it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I really mean it. I'm not mad at you. Nothing like that. But these are the rules of when we're walking together, these are the rules that we follow. And he was like, great, got it. Led around really nicely after that. Only had to do it once. Pretty impressive. He was a very sweet, smart young horse. He was just, again, teenage boy. The nature of teenage boys is that they test boundaries. That's how they become eventually responsible young adults is that they hit up against those boundaries and they go, okay, I'm not going to do that again, at least if they're, if they're raised well. So, but that was not the end of our session. I knew we needed to do just a little bit more than that. So I got my flag 
and I asked him to walk a circle around me. It's not exactly the same as lunging. Um, I want the horse's nose tipped toward me and he's moving in an arc around me in such a way that I can roll his hindquarters and whatnot. So it's not so much that he goes in a mindless circle around me while I hold on and occasionally ask him to change gates. I'm actually asking him to move around me in a way that his all four feet are moving equally and where I can direct the bend and sort of the arc of the circle. And also that he moves forward from my cue, which can either be twirling the end of the lead rope, or in this case, I had the flag. Because I knew he probably was going to, you know, test that boundary, given what he'd done on the lunge line. So I offer him the opportunity to walk around me. And he does. He walks around me. It's not what I would call the briskest walk pace I've ever seen, but he did walk around me. Again, sensing that I was... uh, maybe someone with a little bit stricter set of rules, but he still had to try. So then I asked him to go into a trot and he's like, oh, heck no. And he starts to kind of dance around a little bit. And I take my flag and I kind of very briskly give him the cue that he needs to move along now. And that that shoulder of his that's starting to tip toward me, that shoulder needs to get out there further on the circle right now, young man. And he was like, oh, immediately just sort of started to trot off like I asked. It was not, again, that I'm hitting him or beating him with the flag. I'm just saying, like, this is just not acceptable. There's a boundary here. And he immediately got that. And ah, he was a delight. You know, when we went the other way, same thing, no big deal. I then took him out into the you know larger area of the covered arena, just leading him around. Didn't even need the flag at that point. And I mean, he led light as a feather all over the place. And that one session pretty much nipped everything in the bud. In other words, and he was, like I said, he's a very sweet young horse. This was not a horse that was trying to, you know, in any way be truly dominant. He was just, you know, why not? Why not play this game? And when, you know, you set the rules more clearly, he was perfectly happy to let the person be the leader. It It was not a situation that required a lot of complexity at all. What was really interesting was that I asked the trainer if he'd been having any trouble under saddle before I came out to see him. And she said that not quite yet, but she was starting to feel that he was getting really sticky to her leg, which again goes back to the moving of the feet. So right there, you have it, right? The leading and the riding and the lunging, they're all related. So by addressing that right there at walking with the halter and the lead rope, pretty much took care of that. Now, this was a horse, again, who was very open to it. He did not require a lot of other, you know, training or sessions. I did have to maybe explain things a little more to the trainer because she had more of a traditional perspective on leading. But I think it was very compelling to her to see the change in him so quickly. And then she reported back to me later that the riding had smoothed out quite a bit and that was no longer an issue as well. This didn't surprise me too much because from my perspective, when we're riding a horse and the partnership is good, what we have essentially done is taught the horse to be led from the saddle. We're asking their feet to go in a certain direction at a certain rhythm. We're asking them to stay with us just like we would on the end of the lead rope. We're asking them to be balanced and light on their feet. These are all things that you can address and should address when you're leading your horse and they translate beautifully to under saddle, it it is the same to the horse's mind, really. I know that sounds a little odd, but to the horse, us leading them on the ground, 
is almost the same as us riding them. It might feel different to us, right? Because we're in a different position, literally, and we're higher, we're actually on their back. And to us, we might think like, well, that's actually, we're, we're connected to the horse. But that lead rope is a powerful, as I said, communication tool. And you can get everything established that needs to be established on the ground before you ever get in the saddle that will really help your ride. And it will help it in subtle ways, not just uh, obvious or crude ways. Many people think that their official session starts with the horse once they put the saddle on and they mount. But the actual session begins from the horse's perspective when you first catch them in their stall or pen or paddock or pasture. And it definitely is in full swing. You're in the horse's mind out in the arena doing jumps when you're leading them up the driveway. The core is all there right from the start. And that's why it's so important that you don't treat your lead rope like a leash, but like the fine tool of communication that it really is. If you're curious or even skeptical about this whole concept of how you lead your horses, how you ride your horse, go ahead and send me a video of you leading your horse. I would like to see you walking different speeds. I'd like to see you stop with your horse and restart. And I'd like to see you back up with your horse. Send me a short video of that. And I will send you back an assessment of what I think might be some of the things you would like to work on under saddle or things that you might like to see go better under saddle. Just reach out to me at horsewisecoach.com. As always, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day.